There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes. Yes. Welcome into QFTA. Tim McKernan show. Everybody's talking about it. It's a bad show. Not bad meaning good. Naughty. It's a naughty podcast. Mm, it is. Welcome in. Uh, it's November 28th, 2022. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. That was Action Jackson. Welcome in, friends, to podcast that solicits your involvement. By emailing in whatever you want, and then we sit here and talk about it. Not everything. I would say 40%, because not 50%, but 40% of the emails get read. That's what I would say. It's a good 40%. number. 40%. It's a good number. Uh, Team at InsideSTL.com. Anything and everything is welcome. I mean, yeah, it can be about sports. It can be about TMA. It can be about Jackson's carousing. Whatever you want, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. That's what it is. That's the podcast. Hell, I don't know. What do you want me to do about it? Think about it. That's what I want you to do. That's exactly what I want. The HomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan Kelly is the studio sponsor and has been for a good long while. And what a deal he has going through the holiday season right now. How do you do? Uh, you don't just get this on Black Friday. You get it all year long. Well, not all year long, but through January 1st. Uh, with Ryan Kelly, it's a Black Friday deal at the Home Loan Expert that lasts all holiday season. Getting this deal is simple. Just fill out the digital application at thehomeloanexpert.com slash Friday before January 1st. And after your loan closes with Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, you'll get up to $1,000 back. How do you do? It's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Interest rates are up, but that should not stop you from buying a home with the housing market returning to normal. Now's the time to strike a deal on a home it would have been unheard of a year ago. You could make up for that higher interest rate with a lower asking price on the house. Sellers are looking to make deals. Reach out to Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, to get pre-approved for your dream home today. And with Ryan's 10-day closing guarantee, you'll be in your new home faster than ever, all online at thehomeloanexpert.com. And once you get your home, get it insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.com. .net, read more than 300 Google reviews, five stars at Google with James Carlton. I can't say enough about the incredibly great service I received from Mr. Carlton's office. They made my auto insurance claim a breeze. Everyone I have ever spoken with has been extremely professional while providing a warm, friendly experience. A very special thank you to Stephanie for making me feel like a pampered client. Kudos to the whole crew. That comes from a gentleman by the name of Lee Banks on Google. You can feel that way as well. James Carlton, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. And Seth Goldcamp at Design Air Heating and Cooling. Online at designairservice.com, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. I am a client, so therefore it's very easy for me to say this. Go to designairservice.com. Look, I'm doing that right now. I go to designairservice.com. And then I get to click on book now. And let's say I've got a problem with my furnace and it's cold in St. Louis. It's November 28th after all. It probably is cold in St. Louis. Well, please select my issue. Well, I have a, an emergency. 
And what do they do? They let us know that they will take care of it quick, fast, in a hurry. And that is what they do. They are out so fast. It is so helpful. That's why our audience loves them. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. That's Design Air Heating and Cooling, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. All right, Jackson, let's get it on. Before we do, I don't know, I will go ahead and post this today, Monday. Okay. Usually we will wait. But I want the listeners of the podcast to get the Cyber Monday deal sure. on Sound Story because yeah. it's 20% off. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is uh, significant. So the promo code is Monday. And with Sound Story, now we have expanded. You may have heard the Joe Buck commercials. Uh, Joe is a part of the uh, the Sound Story family, uh, along with Randy Carricker, who will be in the studio very soon to do his first Sound Story. He has not done one. Doug Vaughn. Jackson, yourself. Yep. Um, Learn from Casey. John Hewlett from Casey. Rizzuto, Patrico, Moon from The Riz Show, Courtney from uh, Courtney's program on 106.5 The Arch, The Courtney Show. All available, but you don't have to schedule it. You don't have to book it. Just get the gift card and get it today. And now a lot of your holiday shopping is over and you're getting 20% off on Cyber Monday. The promo code is MONDAY. Enter that and then take care of the scheduling and who you want to do the interview and all that. And whether you want to do it over Zoom or you want to do it uh, in person here at Hubbard Radio in St. Louis, that's up to you, but just get it taken care of, and you will give a gift, whether it be you getting interviewed or your family, your parents, your mother, your father, your grandparents, your siblings coming in to give it as a gift for your parents, whatever. You're giving a gift that everybody will love and will last forever, and you're getting 20% off it today. So go to mysoundstory.com, and when you check out, enter the promo code MONDAY, and you get 20% off. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go into the email file. Hey, Tim. Happy Thanksgiving, as was sent last Tuesday, to you and your family. For a future QFTA, it would be great to hear from someone who knew Jay Jr. well and could tell his life story from his grandfather, how they went from West Virginia to St. Louis, his relationship with Jay Sr., his college golf career, etc. He never let on how good he probably was, and he's fascinating because of his dichotomy of being a blue blood who seemed like anything but. I'm sure it's a hard time for all, so probably not something that could happen soon, but at some point it would be awesome to learn more about a guy so many loved. Um, I agree with that. You know, I did it really probably the first sound story wasn't even something I was thinking of as a sound story was with Jay, the gentleman we called Jay Jr., who was really Jennings III, who Mm -hmm. passed away at 53, was with his father, who is really the first Jay Jr., Jennings Randolph uh, Jr., the son of the senator from West Virginia. And I remember Jay saying, Jr., um, this is so great because I will always have my dad's story, and my brother and my sister will always have my dad's story, and my kids will always have my dad's story. And he was so grateful. And if I'm not mistaken, I remember seeing him like walking outside the studio, not this studio, this was the one back at KFNS, and just like a smile on his face. He loved seeing him in there. And then when he listened to it, he loved it. And that's why I think Jay was a big, I don't know, advocate isn't the right word, but a fan of what wound up happening with Sound Story because it was kind of an accidental thing, um, both with me interviewing my dad and me interviewing his dad. Um, it's, I, I don't think it's easy for Jay Sr. to get around uh, these days, to be real honest with everybody. Um, I think his mind's firing on all cylinders. It's just tough for him to get around. 
And uh, so I don't know if we would be able to have him in. Um, But, you know, Jay Jr. was exactly what this gentleman, Greg, sent in. Uh, He had every right to be, if there is such a term, every right to be a snob. Mm -hmm. And yet wasn't. But, you know, the the Post-Dispatch did a story on Jay this past Friday, I believe. And it talked about this car accident he had in 2003 and how that kind of changed his perspective on things. And I knew that had happened because I started working with him in 2002, but I wasn't working with him in 2003. So I knew about it, of course. I hadn't thought about it in a while. And I don't know. I'd be curious if Jay Jr. would say that played a role in him going from blue blood and, as he said in the article, kind of judging people by what they wore and what they drove to this man of the people. I honestly don't know if the accident did that or not because the personality I know, in my mind, Jackson, he was able to come in here and do the show, but since it wasn't his job... It was just completely free. Yeah. He loved the show as a listener. He always would say, I, I get to come in and be on the show that I listen yeah. to. Yeah, he would always say that. And so I think it was a pressure-free, he didn't have to deal with any bullshit, and he just would laugh. So I don't know if that was what played a role in it or if it was the accident and from 2003 up until the time he started being a regular on TMA, if he was a different guy because of the, I don't know. So, um, but as far as his personality, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think about it every day, inevitably at least once a day of how, you know, we just won't be doing a show with him again. And that, it it breaks my heart to be real straightforward with you. Because he would make us all laugh. And if I'm t- dead serious, if I knew it was a day where he was going to be in, and this isn't a shot at anybody, it just isn't. It just isn't. Um, you know, especially with our group right now where there's no BS of any kind, no behind the scenes crap, no shit, whatever. Um, and I recognize that probably won't last forever. But in the moment, I want to acknowledge it because I'm grateful for it. Um, but if it was like if like if like he would be in mainly when Doug would be out actually right, right. and I love having Doug in so it wasn't like oh good Doug's out we won't have to deal with that shit today you know <laughs> yeah that's not the case right it was just like oh it'll be it'll just be it'll just be a diff- different kind of show and it's not to say it's better or it's worse it just will be different and I know I will laugh and we'll probably go into some things with Jay that we wouldn't normally go into. And, you know, just kind of like, you know, hooking up with, you know, you're in a relationship for a couple of years and then you get a get somebody who you haven't been with. And it's like, oh, that was nice. Right. That's just the way it is. It's biochemical. And so that's what it was. But he always just, he would tell the stories and laugh. And so it was just and the audience was on a high, too, from it. So I'm, you know, and I know I'm saying something that everybody is experiencing, but I miss it. And um and I'm, I'm glad that we did what we did last week. And if you haven't listened, listen to it because it's Jay basically telling stories on, on QFTA last week. Yeah. Uh, this gentleman goes on to ask a couple other questions. A couple other questions I've wanted to ask in general for QFTA. I'm having a tough time. Uh, got a, what do they call it? I got like a, 
like a dryness in my throat. Oh, a frog in your throat, mm, Tim. Mm, mm. That frog is living in there. And you, uh, and you have a buddy named the Frog? The Frog Dad. Yeah, Frog Dad. I was with him last night. And he beats off on I-70? Or is that uh, no. Gangster Pete's buddy Deebs? That's Gangster Pete's buddy Deebs. No, Frog Dad keeps to himself. <laughs> but he could theoretically beat off on I-70. Yeah, I guess we all could. Amen. Like, we can all strive to become Deebs. I might head out that way after the podcast. <laughs> Just, Just drive solely, up and down. Solely. Like pleasuring right myself both eastbound and westbound. Like right before you get to the airport. <laughs> right. And then oh, see if you can so hot. finish before the cell phone lot. Oh, <laughs> the cell phone lot. Oh, the security guard. <laughs> it, as if we are at LaGuardia. <laughs> I am telling you, I have, I have been fortunate enough to travel all across this land to the northwest of Seattle, and, and if you want to include Vancouver, to our, our friend in America's hat in Canada, mm. to San Diego, to Los Angeles, Boston, New York, Miami, uh, and all points in between. And the only airport I have ever seen, which is probably the smallest of all of these airports, honestly, where you have one belligerent security person is at Lambert International, where people are getting picked up. It is phenomenal. It is an absolute phenomenon. Yeah. If you're parked there for 15, 20 seconds. You're done. You're getting in the air full. You are keep going it moving. to. But there's there's eight open spots and no one's coming uh, behind me. It we is keep it moving. Unbelievable. Picking someone up at the airport in St. Louis is oh. the one, like there there is no task. Like I'll do most tasks for people. Someone asked me to pick them up from the airport. I better get something out of it. Like, you're picking up the tab for dinner or something. God, yeah, you know what? That's the thing. Like, if, if I were landing and take your pick of, you know, where I'm usually flying these days is to Florida. Yeah. And I'm picturing flying into Fort Lauderdale International, which is busy as fuck. I feel yeah. like more people use that than the Miami airport. Right. Um, even though, you know, it's probably a half hour from Miami or whatever. Uh, a huge airport. You don't have, you can park there. And I say you park, but you literally can be there for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then Palm Beach International, and then it's like they want—they want to get your first impression of the the city is the airport, and here it's like fuck off, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. So Anna Marie's family's big on dropping off and picking up at the airport, and I'm like, I'll take a cab, I don't need it. And then if Anna Marie's coming back, can you pick me up? I go, why? <laughs> what? Like there's transportation. There's a v- wide variety of transportation. So yeah. now I gotta like set this aside. Why? I wouldn't ask you to do this. But now with the Lambert experience, I realize I am really doing a great service at that point because it is a true sacrifice oh, to yeah. go. This isn't an anti-Lambert thing. I know you have the St. Louis hypersensitive small town falling apart, Youngstown, Ohio. You know the future thing going on here. And, you know, not everybody, but some people get really sensitive about it. I'm not talking. I'm talking about the one person in security (laughs) picks you up where you get picked up. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I was, Tim, I was watching planes, trains, and automobiles. P's, T's, and A's. As I always do on Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving tradition. And no point underscores what you're saying more than uh, the gentleman who was running the taxi cab outside of Lambert grabbing Steve Martin by the balls (laughs) and pulling him away because that's what it feels like anytime you come. And yet he's friendlier than the belligerent security guard. I mean, how? What's the hiring process? Like, who gets weeded out from that gig? (laughs) You're not angry enough. You have, like, a nice disposition. What in the fuck? Yeah, it's brutal, especially in the Southwest It is phenomenal. Maybe I should just go out there with my phone and just record it. (laughs) Man on the street. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm dead serious. I really might do it. I really (laughs) might do it. It might be 
it outside of the latent racism and belief that we're actually growing, <laughs> it, it might be the thing that bothers me most about St. Louis, and it's one person in the Southwest Terminal. <laughs> yep, it's just the one person who's in charge of keeping the line moving. Holy shit! Ah, oh, it's brutal. I really, I really hit on a topic that we we bonded over, and the fact that we're wearing the same design T-shirt slash hoodie today. Yeah, and we walked down the hallway after doing the show on 101 ESPN, and people, are, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's like, like we're or like a member guest pairing. Yeah, like we're a team walking yeah. down the tunnel for the locker room. Well, well, well. Uh, let's see uh, a couple other questions I've wanted to ask in general for QFTA. How have your own personal interactions with athletes as a member media as a media member? I'm sorry, affected your fandom. I.e., uh, Albert Pujols, Jack Clark, the lawsuit, threats, or just general good guys slash jerks without naming names. Um, well, I guess I can say this, and this might rock people's world. I can't say enough good things about Jack Clark. Mm. Does that rock people's world? Probably, yeah. That probably okay. would surprise people. I, I really can't, as far as character goes. I I. I I know, like, I'm talking character. I, I know he ran into financial problems and obviously the Albert Pujols thing. But as far as somebody to deal with, and when that all went down, he couldn't have been more apologetic. He And this was just me and him on the phone. Um, he was, he felt terribly for me. Is it not, And it wasn't all about me at all, but that's who he felt terribly. Because he knew I had nothing to do with it, and he knew I was getting dragged into it, and he knew that I'd worked to start this thing up. And a weekend, I got, I'm getting you know, threats of being sued by Albert Pools. You couldn't write it. And he, and, but I mean, it wasn't just that. Like, he's just a good guy who, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd interview Jack Clark in a heartbeat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he lives around me, actually. Um, so, um, but I mean, it's, that's one of those, let's just let sleeping dogs lie sure. thing. But at yeah. the same time, I mean, it's kind of, you know, but, but yeah, Jack Clark, you know, as far as a guy goes, is is a kind man. Um, I think he's just. Pro- I don't. I don't even know what his real story is after he played baseball. Honestly, you would read stories about having financial issues and so on. I honestly don't know. But my interactions with Jack, as far as a guy goes, just a kind man. Um, to answer the the overall question, um, my personal actions with athletes as a media member affected your fandom. Yeah, that definitely happens. It makes me think about something, and this is more of a, I don't know if I would call it a cautionary tale so much as a a be aware tale. I don't know if I enjoy sports or I view sports from the innocence slash enthusiasm. Well, actually, I know I don't. Through the innocence slash enthusiasm that I had when I started in sports broadcasting. And I think there are two reasons for that, two specific ones. I'm sure there are other reasons. Like the other, like Doug always says, well, you just get older and you just realize, it, like, who gives a shit? Right. But th- that, but I, but I've started to feel this before. I was 46 with kids and a wife and the whole thing. Um, number one, what this this emailer Greg is is getting to, which is the interaction with athletes. Although I would tell you this, I don't know if I've ever met an unkind hockey player. For real, like a member of the Blues, or I didn't really deal with other organizations outside of in passing, but it's just something else. It for real, I can't I can't say enough good things about the way hockey guys handle themselves. For real, 
Uh, Kurt Warner, I can't say enough good things about Kurt Warner. And I know that oftentimes it'd be, oh, it's because he's so religious. I'm like, well, I'm not. And I would tell you (laughs) that I can't say enough about Kurt Warner. Not to say he was the only member of the Rams, but he just was... I saw him at his peak and how he didn't change. It's just, it was superhuman. I will always use him as the example, and it's an example that I can't imagine anybody else can attain. Superhuman. I don't even know how to describe I, I don't know. The, just superhuman is the best way I can describe it. Hockey, it's the culture of the game. As Chase said on this podcast, Kelly Chase said, this game has a way of weeding out assholes. And it does. It does, because I just didn't deal with them. Baseball could be rough, and I think I was a huge baseball fan going into it, Part of it would be the guys could be, I don't know what the right word would be, because it's not all the, all this way. I would say I probably have more friends who are Cardinals than any other team. Not that I'm looking for friends, but, I mean, just the way things played out in my age and their age at the time. Um, but they get it 162 times a year before games and after games. So now, Jackson, is it fair to say we are at 324? No, that's not the math. 424? 424 times a year? Fuck, I don't know. Mm, uh, that, that math is 162 times 2. I just feel like I haven't given the right answer. Where's my fucking phone? 328? It's just not easy, is it? 328 is my easy. final guess. 162 times 2. 324. I think I might have said that. Damn it. I had an extra 4 in there that was necessary. Just, I mean, it's just not easy out here. <laughs> um... Yeah, so 321, spring training, if you go to the postseason, before and after. Yeah, so the last thing, you know, and on top of it, because there's so much going on, the last thing they want to do is be the guy who says something to the media that then causes bullshit. I remember seeing the Jeter thing on ESPN, the thing, the captain. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember who it was who said something to the media. And I remember Jeter saying it wasn't what he said so much as I'm like, oh, crap, now we're going to have to deal with this. Right. I right. think it might have been Alex Rodriguez in an interview. Like, ugh. We, it's a zero upside. You know I talk about don't waste time on anything that has zero upside. Right. You know, that's in our little world here with this little thing in St. Louis. Imagine being the captain of the New York Yankees. You're <laughs> in New York, and now you got to address Alex Rodriguez's interview or something like that. Right. And you're just like, oh, God, it's got nothing to do with winning or losing, my contract, and now it's going to be just this headache, and I and he hates doing anything. So that that's the kind of thing. So I don't I don't fault them for it. I don't think it's a, re, um, a reflection of character at all. Um, but the thing that I think would stand out to me more that was most eye opening was how after I the like early on in 2000 2001 I'd go down to the Cardinal clubhouse and I would be more upset about them losing than they were. And I'd go, this is weird. And then, I, then initially it would be, they don't care enough. And now, 21 years later, I go, oh, God, how fucked up was I? Right, you cared too much. That I cared too much. Yeah. And, and, and some people might go, no, no, they should care. And I would tell you, yeah, they care, but there's perspective on it. Right. And that they're doing this 162 times. And if they are freaking out in May over blowing a game— they're going to fucking lose a bunch more because they're going to wreck it, and you got to have perspective on it. It is a grind. Um, and, and I guess for my life now, not that I'm doing this, but I, I think about the guys who are the best golfers, and I'm talking about guys who make money doing it, who I know or have made money doing it, who I know, and I would say the personality trait that they have is calm in the midst of highs and lows on the golf course. 
And I would say that that's now that I will look back, and that is a good thing. Now, internally, that doesn't mean you're not a competitor, but I think sometimes some of that stuff, like, for example, Eli Drakewitz running around the field like Jim Valvano <laughs> after the 1983 NCAA <laughs> tournament uh, by winning the sixth game is for show right. and not really about, you know, the rivalry or well, anything like that. I'm talking about just a, a, a successful or non-successful experience for an athlete or coach to, to kind of win over fans. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Drinkwood specifically. I'm talking about if somebody sure. – and that can rub guys who kind of understand the program the wrong way. If you're the guy – if you're like the try-hard, mm-hmm. if you're Russell Wilson on the plane to London <laughs> doing jumping jacks or the fuck he was doing. <laughs> I knees. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what I would tell you. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I wouldn't have gotten into this, um, maybe I would still have more enthusiasm for it. But at the same time, I find like I've watched and went to more blues regular season games through the first two months of the season than I ever have in my life. And that's because my son is relatively speaking into it. And, you know, again, I, I want to emphasize this relatively speaking, playing hockey. I mean, he's five. He's mm-hmm. on the skate. So it's like he's, you know, on the power play. Right. Tough to play any sport at that age. Right. Play, so, play. But he's interested in it. Sure. And he has all the stickers from all the teams, and he loves naming the teams. I remember doing that, but I did it with baseball teams. Yeah. And so I recognize that. And then anytime we'll play soccer, he's going to be like, last night he was the Canadiens and I was the Bruins. You know, I mean, that's just – so I kind of recognize that, and so I play into that, and so I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, hey. Blues are playing. He loves Pat Maroon. The Blues are playing Patty Maroon on Friday night. They're playing the Lightning on Friday night. Who are you going to cheer for, the Blues or the Lightning? Well, Patty Maroon's on the Lightning, so I'm cheering for the Lightning. <laughs> like, All right, you're a sellout. You know, <laughs> yeah. Take so, that to balloon party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on balloon party and fill in. See how that plays. <laughs> so my enthusiasm for sport is now seen through the eyes of uh, my son. And that has reinvigorated my love for it. The purity of it is—I don't—I don't know if it were as corrupt isn't the right word, but as money-oriented. Like, I wonder if my dad thought this in 1982 when I was five. Mm. You know, right? And yeah. in, he was kind of in it because he was selling advertising on Blues when they were on KPLR TV, and then eventually the Cardinals, and how he viewed things, right? Um, yeah, but don't. he saw how into baseball I was, and I don't know if that changed his sure. opinion. You yeah. know? Corrupted certainly isn't the right word, but it's a per- change of perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes with mature. But maturity. my point being is, 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 is my view of sports just being all money now? Mm. You know? Right, right. You view the, it. Did he view it as all money then? That's what I meant. You know? Right, yeah. Because he was wise to the business side of sports, being in sports media, albeit sales, because I think I think it's so obvious it's about money now oh, yeah. more so than then. But then at the same time, maybe somebody whatever that would have been forty years ago would say, "Well, it was obvious then." I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you know. For, for me, the awakening, the great awakening, came when the Rams moved. That's when I and I was eighteen when that happened. And I yeah. guess for the years while that was being led up to, I was under a false sense of. Oh no, they care about the city and they care about. Oh, it makes me feel. It makes me want to hug you. I know. Like I, I, I was under this false. And anytime someone would say, "Well, they're going to be moving," I would point out all these reasons why they could stay and the things that City of St. Louis is doing. And when they moved, I truly realized, like, they don't care about you or your city. If they can move and make more money and anything they can do to make more money, they are going to do without question. Doesn't matter how they're yeah. going to do it. 
and it's simple and that's as simple as it is so like you can get into every game you want to but if the team that you love had an opportunity to make more money at the cost of the fans currently they will do that yes. without question I, yeah. and i don't think it's, it's, it's i agree with that to an extent, which I think you'll agree, it's like when people say, which I kind of think is just, I don't want to say it's lazy, because lazy has such a negative connotation. I don't think it's accurate, actually, is why I would say it. When people talk about politicians, well, they're all crooks. Right, and too like, surface oh, they're not. Level. Yeah, it's too surface Because I, I know some, and I know they're not. Right. Um, or they're all full of it. You know, take your pick. And it's So I do think what you're saying is more common than the owner who wouldn't do that because I think there are some owners who wouldn't do that. We just had the perfect storm in St. Louis with a guy who had enough money and out in the lease and the ability to go build and buy enough uh, in Los Angeles that he could bring the NFL there, and there was just nothing that St. Louis could do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would have been an awakening at 18, yeah. certainly, and, and younger. I just don't know, if, I don't know if I'll ever look at it and go, like, I love the World Cup right now. Sure. But, fuck. Yeah. I mean, in 2010, when it was announced that it was, I was on the air yeah. doing TMA, when it was announced that it was going to Qatar, that I thought just right away, I go, well, something's fucked up there. I mean, right away on the, I pro, there's probably archives of me saying what, and like you just immediately, because it's not like FIFA, I like was well-respected before. No. So I, I don't know if there's anything in sports at this moment where I'd go, Holy shit. I don't know. Just because at this point, I view it with with some cynicism. And a lot of it, of course, goes back to money, whether it be an individual using performance-enhancing drugs or dumping a game, you know, for a payout. That's, that's for money, whether it be money for the payout or money for the contract by using the PEDs, um, you know, like college football, you know. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. whatever whatever winds up happening with the college football playoff. I don't. I I'll, I'll tell you this. We talked a little bit about it on Balloon Party. Um, I would tell you that if TCU loses this week, and if everything holds serve otherwise, Georgia's in, Michigan's in, USC wins. If you ask me to bet who goes in, I'd tell you Ohio State. Yeah. And I would tell you Ohio State because it, may, it means more money. Yep. And that is how I arrive at my conclusion. I don't know who wins between TCU and Ohio State. Similar to you, I would think Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Of course, not. I sure as hell didn't see Ohio State losing by 20 at home. Oh, God, I sure no. as hell didn't see Tennessee losing by 30 or whatever it was in, in South Carolina. Um, but I would tell you that Ohio State playing Georgia and USC playing Michigan – is about as good as it can get for college football yeah. with no Nick Saban in the dance uh, to love or to hate. So that would be that would be my bet. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah. I don't even, like I like we can sit there and talk about resume and who they beat right. and so on and so forth. But what matchup is going to get more rated? Yeah. That's and it's that's it's as simple as that. And I mean, I guess my commentary more so. And it's I'm not trying to like make a political statement by any means but to an extent it's an overarching commentary that like a lot of times a lot of times not all the times in capitalism the great part is anybody can make money the opposite side of that is that oftentimes to make really really crazy money no matter what entity or person it is you might have to sacrifice some morals and that's what it comes down to to an extent yeah you sometimes have to sacrifice what you think is right or the right thing to do 
for more money, and that's just the cause. Because if you won't, if you won't sacrifice, someone else will. That's the th- like I've I've talked about it before. What I observe right now in broadcasting, and I don't know. I don't think I will regret it, but I don't know that it is so. I feel like, and I could be wrong, and I'd be curious. I don't know who else would be good to ask this to. Because Doug's at a different point in his career, and you're at a different point in your career. So I don't know who, like, the the similar person would be to, uh, to ask it to. Yeah. And, like, Rizzuto, he does a different type of thing than us. Yeah. It's not like talk, even though they certainly do more talking than, than anything on that show, but it's hugely successful, and they're great guys. That... To me, it's so obvious that I could make way more money because there's like a recipe to do it, not necessarily by staying in St. Louis, but by just like becoming a a caricature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I can talk and, you know, I've done television and I know how to play the social media game, just have zero interest in it. But (laughs) if somebody goes, okay, we're going to pay you five million a year. You know, yeah. now realize you're going to be hated and you're going to get threats. And I'm like, well, I already got that. <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be on a wider scale. But you just got to say shit. <laughs> right. And and then when the fire starts blazing and people are really upset, that's when you double down. Oh. So, you have to double. so that's what I'm saying is a lot of times. That's the thing. You're going to have to sacrifice someone's right. morality. And I just and I've like there's I'm just I like I look at it like I'm I'm now you were talking up TikTok uh-huh about how it really is great I'm like and I don't know what oh, because everybody was sick at my house mine sure. was my wife and yeah. was like relegated to the the basement and you know just getting through it I'm like I'll oh, look at this fucking TikTok and I'll see what's doing <laughs> and and I got to tell you now mainly it's because almost every single this this is what I see on TikTok <laughs> Yeah, that's a might as well be the thumbnail for the damn app. Oh, is that what everybody gets? I think that everyone gets like. By the way, you're seeing a beautiful, you know, well proportioned lass, and that's because of the algorithm. Yes. Yeah, I think. And you keep telling me like this golf stuff comes up. I'm like, it hasn't come up on me. (laughs) (laughs) I see the same. I see the same girls. Yeah. You know. Right. And then also some financial management stuff. That's that's essentially an entrepreneurial stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Now, if this were the summer, the golf stuff might come up. But I'm just totally out of golf at this moment. Have no interest in fumble fucking around at 45 degrees out there and acting like this is great. (laughs) Uh, So, I, I'm like, God, I could, I know I could do this. Like, like the. I could immediately yesterday, I saw it was going, it's easy to see. You don't have to be a wizard to see it. What was the story in St. Louis sports this time 20 hours ago? You and I are doing this, by the way, at around noon on Monday, November 28th. Love it. Intending 100%. to transfer portal. Yeah. And I could go. Oh, yeah. I could go in a heartbeat. Yeah. And then after all the games on Saturday night, I could go with a take on the college football playoff and the Blues comeback. But even better quote-unquote better, is after the Blues lost to the Lightning on Friday. I had that. Now I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know what, and who fucking knows, whatever NFL topic, you know, take your pick. Russell Wilson getting yelled at. Yes, there you go. That's the one. Yep. Right there. So I'm just like, it's there. I've got, granted, it's not a national following, but I've got a big enough following that then it can go, not all of them, but some of them can go viral, and that's all it takes and I was like, I have, z- I have zero interest in it. Right. Because, A, it's not sustainable. Like, you can't be the Take Smith guy 24 well, So, hours. like, f- f- so poor fucking Gabe. 
the way, I did you, did you the way, the way he opened the interview. I go, how yeah. was the last 24 hours? And he goes, oh, it was something. Because <laughs> I know, you know, like Gabe and I kind of have a similar situation going. Yeah. And we discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> and we both have a similar end game desire. Yeah. Uh, and can't wait for it. Um, but the difference, and it's a very important one, is I'm not on 24 hours. Yeah. I walk out of here and the Cardinals, you know, trade for shit. I don't know. Sean Murphy. I know that wouldn't set the world on fire. They sign Aaron Judge. All right. It's seven o'clock. I'll talk about it tomorrow morning. See you in the morning. Yeah. But I'm not like, I got to get on Twitter Uh, and get my likes. Don't fucking care. Right. Don't care. Now, you're not there either. I hope for your sake you're not there. And by that, I mean that you never like fall victim to it because i consider it fall victim to it oh yeah yeah that's because because like your currency becomes the approval of strangers it's not what i'm looking for but then there are people in our business who monitor somebody's relevance by their followers Mm -hmm. that's a real thing now fortunately i'm past it but it's a thing and i just have i have no interest in it and so gabe i didn't know i noticed yesterday when the love it thing happened that um, one of the guys who works for him on Power Mizzou or works with him, fuck, I don't know what the deal is, and I don't want to have him get called the boss because I know how fun that is <laughs> if he's not the boss. But right. whatever the situation is, a Power Mizzou is the one reporting it, and then people are like, where the fuck's Gabe? <laughs> like, it's Sunday at 2, yeah. and this poor God. motherfucker, oh. you know. And so as it turns out, Gabe had scheduled to go to the Chiefs game, which was a 325 start at Arrowhead against the Rams, and he's like, I have a day off. The season's over. There's no nothing that's going to happen for a week because the bowl announcement won't happen for a week, and the, the transfer portal won't be for a week. And he's he says he's literally walking into Arrowhead Stadium, and he gets a text about this report, oh. and he's on. Oh, you didn't hear that part? No, I, I was back and forth. In my yeah, seat. that that actually like makes my skin crawl. That's the and and but that's the but the, that is the job. And oh, if yeah. Gabe didn't want to do it, there's there's for real a thousand people who would. Right. Because there's only so much demand, but there's a shitload of supply. And by supply, I mean guys willing to do it or ladies willing to do it. And there's only so many teams or the following. Right. And most people don't want to hear it because they're like, you get paid to write about sports, so fuck off. I got to go in and have some motherfucker yell at me and I'll be in a cubicle and I go home and I, you know, look forward to jacking off. And that's 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 what I got going on, Gabe. (laughs) Sorry, your Chiefs game was ruined. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that that's I remember Jeremy Rutherford when he went to the athletic and I don't know if he's talked about it before. But I know he'd say it because that's the kind of guy he is. He's just a stand-up guy. One of the things that was appealing to him is the 24-hour cycle. The deadlines would be gone. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean he's not covering games, but he wouldn't have to, like, oh, shit, the Blues have an 8 o'clock start in Denver, so it's going to be right on the right. borderline. And if it goes into overtime in the playoffs, holy shit. Right, where every flight you take is uh, oh. so nervous because when you land your phone turns back on, Everything could change, and you have to go right into action. And so to apply it to social media and what I see going on to an extent, like even though I believe I don't follow him, but like Dave Portnoy, who I think is right around my age, either a little older or yeah, a little younger. he's in your wheelhouse, yeah. Um, even though he's got more money than he knows what to do with, he's still playing the character. Yep. Uh, and so something happens, and he pops up, and he's, you know, he's on. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing the thing. 
and I realize he's single and I'm a father and a husband. And so the, that's that's probably the biggest thing as far as what you want to do with your time. I'm just I have no interest in it. I have no interest in it. I don't have I have interests continuing in like from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I have interest in building and I love that. But what's going on with our business, like what I call our business, I don't have I, I still enjoy the business, but I don't have any interest in like holding on to still be the guy when something happens and making sure that I am available to like hold up my phone, make sure I do it in a part of my house that somebody can't say, oh, that's really nice, you know, which you have to factor in. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, also have to be cognizant of how I appear, although with no hair, you really don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, And, you know, make sure my children aren't screaming in the background. My wife doesn't need something. So I can go, how about what happened with Russell Wilson this afternoon in Charlotte? You talk about a guy whose stock has gone down over the last year shows you got to be careful what you wish for in the National Football League. He just got dressed down by a teammate who's not even on the same side of the football as he is. That shows he's lost the room. I don't think it's ever been lower in Denver than it is right now. And I don't think it's ever been lower for Russell Wilson than it is right now. See, Tim, it's ending it off. Yeah, you were just giving a take. All I heard was engagement, 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 engagement. That's all I heard. I heard was Followers just clicking like a like a rotator. Yeah, I, I, you know, I that sounds or that screaming sounds about Dominic Lovett and how he's selfish, right? No, or screaming about this is what you wanted, Missouri fans. You better buck up, do whatever. I can do whatever. Yeah, doesn't matter. Tell me what the take is that's going to win me the votes. Yeah, but I don't want to do it. Now again, I'm a I'm a godless pervert. I am a godless pervert. Want to make that clear? Right. Godless pervert. I wouldn't say I'm necessarily proud of it. It's just who I am. Right. Can't change it. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. You can't make me believe in something that I don't believe in, and you can't get me off OnlyFans. I've tried. We've had interventions. Yeah, it just won't happen. I'll always have a backup (laughs) password. It will not happen. (laughs) So I I, I recognize that this this might sound like I'm attempting to come from a moral high ground as, once again, a godless (laughs) pervert. I'm not. Right. Just for whatever reason, this is where my ethics kick in. I can't, I can't just sit here and like lie to people. Right, espouse takes that you don't truly believe. Right, in. right. And I think- but I don't know. But at the same time, what does it fucking matter if I like scream about Russell Wilson or Dominic Lovett or Eli Drinkwitz or you know Craig Berube? Like, what does it matter? Right. I don't. It, it, you know, it's not. It's not going to affect any of those people. Mm-mm. And it might make me more money, which then benefits my family. But for whatever reason, I can't do it. Can I do it? Yes. Will I do it? No. And if anything, I'm probably primed to do it. To because I have the following. Again, it's not a huge following, but locally it's decent. I just don't really do anything with it. Uh, And I don't. I'm. I'm also in a really good spot because I don't work for anybody really, where it's going to be a problem. You know. In other words, I don't work for like like I'm gonna have KMOV go. Hey, you can't say that. Or a uh, you know I work indirectly with the Cardinals and Blues. They go, yeah. oh, you can't have that. I can do whatever the I'm like I'm in a good spot. Right. But I have zero interest in it, and I don't and I don't necessarily have a reason why outside of this one. I don't want to lie to the audience. Sure. And so I guess that's moral or ethical, 
but it is counter to go make the most money possible because I can see the money there. Mm-hmm. I know it's there. I know the game, but I don't want to be the guy where people go, well, he's just saying that to get it's like when we had the thing, what was, oh, the Iggy thing, where he wanted right. Vanderbilt to win. Right. And you had people who knew nothing about the show or the show's following or whatever going, oh, they're just trying to get people to pay attention to him. <laughs> I'm going, oh, yeah, that's so that's so cute. Right. You know, but it, it, what I, I also, it, it was kind of nice to go, I don't, just don't fucking care. Right. Say whatever you want because I know the truth. But that is the mindset that if somebody says something asinine, that they're doing it for, as you call it, engagement. Yeah. They're doing it for clicks. Right. But in reality, these people who are doing it have no monetization strategy whatsoever. It's right. actually done for approval. Right. What, that's what I can say. Like when I see, like, listen, I, lo- I open up my TikTok and God only knows what absolutely beautiful woman is going to pop up. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. Number one, I know she isn't fucking me under any circumstances. That's probably accurate. Yes. But I got—I would never, ever want to be in a relationship with a woman who would do that either. Right. Not because I'm above it, but because what it tells me is she's missing something, and this is the void she's filling by getting the likes and the attention. And that isn't my bag, baby. That is not my bag. You know what I'm saying? Right. So— it's 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 one of those things that if that is your scene, then that's an insta tell for me of oh I don't want to be associated with you. As I'm sure the shit that I say on the radio for most women they'd go oh my god I can't imagine being in a relationship with that I got to put up with that shit. He's talking about how hot she is and I got to be at home, you know. But that's that's where I, somehow I, for me this is all crystal clear morally and ethically. <laughs> but but. I can understand how people are listening and going, this guy's fucking crazy. But that's how I see it. Jackson, what do you think? Tell me what you think. What's going on here? Figure it all out. Thinking about, I used to be with a female who every time we would go somewhere, she would always put on her Instagram story like a picture of like whatever we were doing. It wasn't, there's no one in the picture. It would just be like a picture. Like if you're at a restaurant, take a picture of the front of, front Was of the restaurant. Was this the anal girl? No. And, uh, Picked up a read that it might be for the record. No, it's not. Uh, Doesn't change my opinion. That's fair. Um she would take a picture like the front of the restaurant. I was like, so like I was like, what do you what, what's the reason for it? I'm just curious. She's like, I don't know. I just put it on there and you know, that happened. I was like, but like why like I just don't get like why would we take time out of our day to take a picture of this and put it on social media? Like I know like we're at a concert, like take a picture. I was like, but like people don't care about that. Like be like, I don't understand why this is happening. And she was just like, Oh, it's just something I do. I was like, ugh. Why? Like if anything, you're just telling people where we are. Okay, so answer that for me. Right, like why? Answer the question. It's very simple. It's three letters. You you let it out multiple times. The why? What is what is what is it? Right. It's I guess desperation for people to like engage with you and be like nice. Or... But then okay, then what's the what is the end game of it? Exactly. That's what I, that's what had me. That's so what I'm saying about perplexed. this shit. I went. To, I took my son to a blues game. Couldn't be. Ha- I could. It's, it's my at this point. It is my peak happening. I'm not saying because I have nothing. Else. I love it. I absolutely love it. Ten years ago, if you would have said like in me me ten years ago. In 10 years, you will, your high will be taking your son to a blues game. I would go, oh, fuck, I guess something went wrong. That's, that's, that would have been my reaction, sure. considering the shit that I was enjoying at that time. Right. But I wouldn't change it for anything now for who I am. But at that time, different deal. But I'm not like, you know, doing duck lips into the, the camera and saying, hey, make sure, you know, I mean, this is just like, I'll take pictures that I've just discovered. I need to just like have my own, like, what I've noticed, not to say that I'm at this level, but like a 
private Facebook and Instagram, Instagram account for my family memories because I've got them intertwined and now I got like I mean some good ones who drop by and have absolutely no self awareness <laughs> and are like commenting on it used to be my wife, now it's on my children and I'm right. just like Yeah, I can't have that. You know, you might wind up in the river doing that you stuff. That, that that's a different that's a different level. The wife thing, I'm like, Oh, I understand. You're probably not getting laid and you know, it's tough. But <laughs> you bring in the, the children. Yeah. Not that they're like creepy like No, you, no, you know but what I'm like, still. like, like, yeah, like you know. still. Anyway, point being I think that here, I, you're, you're, you own goodorbad.com, don't you? It's I know true. I pulled my investment. Right. But you're looking to come back Q1. <laughs> well, that's what my guy told you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that there is a movie, Anna Marie and I had a rare moment. This kind of speaks to how things have changed on Saturday night where Jameson, the five year old, stayed at uh, Anna Marie's parents. Nice. Which it, it's so weird. And I feel like this is so parent cliche. That is now my equivalent of the orgy. Ah, Those yeah, yeah. handful of hours we will have, because the the ten month old, he's just like, yeah, you need me to go to bed. I'm out. Okay. You know, I'll be good. Yeah, uh, it was like a little vacation almost. It, it was yeah. for a handful of hours. Yeah, and we're like, okay, let's watch a let's watch a movie. What movie are we going to go with? And so while she was putting the ten month old to bed, I went to Rotten Tomatoes because at this point movies. Whereas it used to be like, oh, this is out, this is out. It's a different deal. You got to kind of search them out. Oh, yeah. And there is a movie, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly. I'd be curious if you've heard about it. I think it's called Stutz. Are you familiar with this? Mm-mm. Stutz. S-T-U-T-Z. Yeah, I, I figured that would be the okay. German. Um, and it's Jonah Hill, it, it, and it had 100% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 97% from the audience. Oh, wow. And I thought, well, we got to at least investigate this. Uh-huh. And so we we decide to watch it. It's Jonah Hill interviewing his therapist. So it's a, I mean, it's a totally different kind of movie. It's yeah. Anna Marie was intrigued because one of her majors or one of her degrees is in psychology. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, if it's got this kind of approval from both the audience and the critics, there's got to be something there. And there was. It's actually when I'd go back and watch, not necessarily because I was entertained, but it was interesting. Sure. Jonah directed it, too. I guess yeah. So. Um, I'm, I'm, candidly, I'm surprised it has this kind of approval. Sure. Because I didn't like, think it was mind-blowing. That happens on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, when a movie comes out, it gets to 100%, and as more critics start watching right. it, it goes down and down. Or as Jonah Hill tweets the wrong thing, it goes down. That can happen. Uh, Jonah's so, pretty safe, though. So... One of the things, if I'm not mistaken, Stutz, if that's his name, and that is the nickname for Yeah, the, Phil Stutz is what I Phil Stutz. Read, yeah. Uh, is, is the, and I saw Joaquin Phoenix was involved in this. Producer, yeah, I just read that too. And uh, somebody else. Uh, uh, if you look at Rooney Mara, maybe? Melanie Miller, Mark Monroe, Chelsea, Diane Becker, Allison Goodwin. These are just producers on the film. Okay. All right. Well, either way, point being, I think he said at one point, he goes, I. If I want to know I'm having a good time, I know it because I don't even think about holding up my phone because I'm enjoying myself. Right. 100%. And, I was like, and that's, the, that's what I took. From, not, that's not the only thing I took from the movie. But they were, I think that's why Jonah Hill has really fallen in love with this guy. Not that right. that's what's going on, but respecting him. Uh, he's a 75-year-old man with Parkinson's. It's not like some kind of gay overtone. Sure. But he respects him so much. 
because he simplifies the obvious and is able to communicate it. And if you think about when you are at your all, like the greatest times, you're not like, let me grab my phone and get it, you know. Right, 100%. And so, and I'm not chastising it because it's a different mindset. I'm right. gonna, it, it, whatever. But I, I suppose as an outside observer, the question I ask for what you were presenting with the girl you went out and she would just, and I saw it when I took my son to a blues game where there was a girl, decent looking, so it caught my eye. Uh, and she was walking in the concourse with another guy. Simp City, by the way. I felt like that, <laughs> that might have been a situation that the law should have been aware of. <laughs> Digressing, though. And she's walking, and she's just <laughs> yeah. shooting video. And I think to myself, God, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Not because I'm like, hey, stop doing it. I, it doesn't affect me in any way. No. But my question is, what is the end goal? What is the end goal? Right. Like, it, it, the short term is, I guess, I'm theorizing here. It's a master's thesis. The short term is, I suppose, if you want to call it the happiness, and maybe there's a chemical that's released when you get a bunch of likes, I guess. What is the long term on it? I'm not saying you have the answer, but it is more right. of 24-year-olds than... 46 year olds right I, th I don't think there is and then it's all instant gratification and so then what that does is it makes me feel sad right and it makes me feel sad not because that it's it's a it's a hamster wheel of some kind but i know that inevitably my sons are probably anyway i should say because they're still a few years away from it going to be involved in something that's just vapid as fuck right, right. and that's and I just go, God. And then also can be used as a tool to bully, oh, yeah. albeit passive aggressive as fuck. Oh, yeah. So it just represents, and it's how people get taken out. It's how I, I firmly believe it's exacerbated divide in the United States, if you want to take it from an actual serious perspective. But somebody just doing duck lips at a social event, that isn't what has exacerbated it. But the instant need for likes, I guess, has played a role in what has transpired with social media but again i just i sit there and go what is it like it doesn't matter i think you're told you need to do it mm -hmm. i think in our business you are oh yeah but i don't do it risotto it non oh. on you know he intentionally you saw what gabe did right risotto does the same thing right, he will occasionally tweet from the riz show account but so so does moon right because he's like i don't want to get I'm not gonna fuck What's my the life upside? up. Yeah, like what? Hundred percent. You gain almost nothing, and you can lose everything. That, and so Joe Buck and I did a podcast ten years ago, and it was just nuts. The, the guests that we had on that week, which as you might imagine, were because of him and not me. And he would just text guys, and they'd come on, and we had Costas on. So it's Joe Buck, Bob Costas, and then me. You know, yeah. So you had that. Costas is the odd man out. Exactly. That Thank you for saying it. I was yeah, waiting for it. Wrong. Silence, and it was awkward. <laughs> And I think Joe asked him about Twitter because Joe's had this love-hate relationship, yeah. I mean, in a big way with it. And it, like once every two months, he'll pop back up and then <laughs> something will happen. He'll go. <laughs> and Costas goes, well, why would I? Like nobody needs to hear what I have to say. And if they do, I want it to be well-formulated when I'm on exactly. the air. Yeah. And if anything, I see people losing their jobs over saying the wrong thing. Even if they didn't say the wrong thing, they can get the – so, like, just explain to me what the point of it is. Right. 
Well, for your and brand. Go, and I go, God Almighty. I mean, that's it. That's the answer. I don't. It's just so when people say, you know, they've been saying it multiple times here over the last couple of weeks with the Elon Musk thing. R.I.P. Twitter. Part of me goes, oh my God, this would be the greatest oh, thing ever. It'd be outstanding if if you took Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter away. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, be incredible. But the reality is, it's it's a proven successful business model. So somebody would just replace it. That's my point. Like, so it's not it's not like it's going to fix it because it'll just be a new thing. You can be Mr. Moral until. You know, someone else comes in and they're like, "Well, my morality is gone. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll go make the money now." So that's the thing is, once you've like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook have all shown everybody that like, hey, social media is not only a viable business, but it can be the most powerful business in the world. Yeah. Then you can shut it down. You can create new ones. This, that, or the third. It's always going to be around. It's always going to be the same idea. It's just going to be whatever can optimize the most money out of it. And so I mean if, the the. And that's the thing. So you get to that. That's why people go, well, everybody should be verified, you know, which would be wonderful. But then it kills it kills the business. Right. Because the way the business is fueled is by all the bots and the bullshit that stir the pot that then rope in the people with actual something to lose who go in there and engage. And then they're not fighting the same war. Right. And then they get destroyed and they get taken out. And good, we got a scalp for the day. We'll go get another one tomorrow. Let's all go to bed. Right. And that is, and round and round we go. And the and, ad, sports, ad space is more valuable too. And that's what I'm saying. That's the that's what I'm saying. The more the users, model. right? And so it's, I don't see it really going away. Twitter may go away, but something else will replace, replace it, it in a matter of you know days. I I would imagine. Yeah. All right, uh, Jackson. I've enjoyed it. I did. Greg, we only is the only email I read, but Greg had a, he had the J thing, and he had the thing about yeah, God, we didn't even get into he had, he had two more questions that we didn't get into. Yeah, that'll happen. I don't know how the hell this has the Adderall sessions. Oh yeah, the Adderall back and better than ever. Speaking of the Adderall sessions, I'd like one take two minutes. Oh wow, it was, a, it was a shout out to a friend from St. Mary Magdalene Brentwood in the seventies. <laughs> this oh well, he's out so this week, so I guess I got to <laughs> fill in. No, someone gave me a piece of information and it floored me with how interesting it was to me. And you can take wow. It. I mean, this little this little footnote. I feel like this should have been the lead. No, it's totally not the lead. On? It's totally like a little footnote. It's totally there's it has nothing to do with anything we've talked about today. I just thought it was interesting. So the phrase "blood thicker than water." Mm-hmm. When you hear that to you, that means your family is closer to you than people you meet along mm-hmm. the way. And I think that's exactly what everyone would think. But the original saying is, "The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb." And so what that means is that. The blood of the covenant, like the bloodshed you share with like soldiers on the battlefield, the people you've met along the way, is thicker than the water of the womb, meaning your family that you are just born into. Ah. So the actual meaning wow. is the complete opposite. I gotta tell you, I'm interested in this. Is the complete opposite of the original saying. And there's other interpretations out there that lead you to what we have now with blood thicker than water. But the actual original thing is blood of the covenant thicker than the water of the womb. And I just found that to be fascinating. So this, um, I imagine, is it was discovered at 3.30 a.m. <laughs> while you guys were passing around the chronic. <laughs> it would sound like something like that, but a buddy just, I don't just know. Just you, Gareth out of nowhere. No, not my buddy Gareth, uh, different buddy. And we were just, uh, something that you're perplexed by is us FaceTiming. I was on a group FaceTime with some buddies. <laughs> and we were, like and, if my friends... If I saw them FaceTiming, <laughs> I'd go, oh, fuck, somebody died. That's <laughs> yeah, what I right, would think. Right, and I exclusively FaceTime with friends. So we were on FaceTime with my buddies, and my buddy brought that up. And I was just, for like the rest of the class, floored by that Is this what all the 24-year-olds are doing? Everybody's group FaceTiming? Just FaceTimes in general, yeah. Everyone that I know. It started in college, and then I just... Wellington called me at 9.30 on Saturday. 
And I texted him back like 45 minutes later. And I said, hey, I, I assume you butt dialed me, but on the off chance you need something, I'm yeah. around. That, that's the reaction. Sure. And Wellington's my age. That's the reaction of, you know, the phone call. Right. Now I realize this is a group FaceTime, so it's a little different. Right. But that is how rare and how happy I, happy I am that it is rare. Yeah. See, I'm weird like that. I actually— this is, It's so interesting. Like if somebody dropped by your place and just knocked on the door unannounced, how would you feel? Ugh. Okay, all right, so we're still that that crosses right, all generations. Right, because at that point now I'm entitled to like offer him a drink. Like what do I I got I got like a bot like a half a Bud Light in there or something. You want it? Um but I actually like prefer a phone call or FaceTime to a text. Because with a te- like if someone wants something from me, once I'm done with the call, we've squared everything away and I know if they need something from right, me. All right, so I text something. you at like 5:30, 6 in the morning almost daily. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, keep... And you would prefer no, that no. I faced That's a different story. Okay. That early in the morning, I don't have my face on. Okay. I'm not trying to do... <laughs> my face on. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that. But, like, in general, like, if a buddy was like, hey, let's do something tonight, I'd prefer they just call me and we can square out exactly what we want to do that night and how, who we're going to do it with and go from there rather than, like, a 45-minute text back and forth conversation. Because at that point, now I'm on my phone for, like, 45 minutes. No, I, I follow that. But since I don't do anything, it never really has something I have to deal right. with. By the way, at the end of Greg's email... Uh, He says, more of an observation. Jackson has always been endearing, but he's really coming into his own. He fits in really well on TMA and is great on HD1. I believe that's a reference to Balloon Party, now known as HD1. (laughs) He seems like a young Doug, and that would be a great sitcom. Kind of an aw shucks guy who clearly knows what's going on, but but pretends not to. Uh, I disagree on the young Doug thing. Everything else I agree with. Doug's just a different kind of deal. But that doesn't mean that you're not as good as right, Doug's right. talent is just I don't know it's, it's, it's unbelievably a, it's a di- unique yeah so it's just a it's a different kind of right thing. the playful straight man it's but incredible the, but the the personalities of the show all gelling is what makes the show work yeah you well, know I, if you would have told somebody the day Martin Kilcoin quit in 2006 that the show would still be going on and there would be a guy who at the time was eight on it. Uh, Ken Strode would be one of the key people. Yeah. A guy who was at the time like selling weed for Pizza Hut in, in central Illinois. And a guy who had never done radio before, but they knew him as the weekend guy, if they knew him at all, in Channel 4. And it would be going 16 years later, yeah. you know, stronger than ever. Right. They'd go, there's no fucking way. Right, you know. Exactly. So it's one of those things. But I agree. Um, and so how, how you, you, you were in Iggy's chair today. Yeah. I didn't even think anything honest, different. I mean, the show was different because Iggy wasn't sure, in. Sure, But we had KG and O-Town in. Yeah. And he's doing social media and all its evil ways. Yeah, he's the, the same thing I've been. He's bearing condemning. that cross for us. Yeah. He's doing that for us, and you are filling in for Iggy. How'd it feel? Good, man. It's cool. I uh, didn't notice anything. Like I, you, you know, when if like somebody comes in and like jumps all over the show, right? How that rubs me in. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like the only time we'll actually go. Hey, we need. To. Yeah, well, my natural disposition is right. I, so I knew it wasn't even. I didn't even think anything of it. it. I'm like, from, oh yeah, I saw KG No Town right when I talked. Oh yeah, he's here today. Iggy's not. Jackson's in. I didn't go. Oh, I better fucking you know pack <laughs> right, a lunch. Right, right. <laughs> That's just because like, and it always goes back to basketball. But the key is letting the game come to you, not forcing shots. That is especially right. on this show. Right, finding finding your lane, and when the ball comes to you, being ready to shoot, and that's the key. And so that's kind of why what I picked up on today. And to Greg, thank you for the such kind words. It's very nice of you. And I agree. 
uh, a, a, a me starring in a show called Young Doug, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Young Larry at the last season of Curb. Would be by the way, fantastic. Final thought because we got to get here because Randy Carrick yeah. is going to be doing a sound story. I've just this is I find shows that put me in a good place before I go to but laughter truly is my drug. It, it if I'm not in a good place, I'll turn on Curb Your Enthusiasm or I'll find like Between Two Ferns or oh, Jiminy yeah. Glick on YouTube and yeah. it just puts me in a good place. And so now I'm on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ever since you told me about the the Halloween thing. Oh yeah. So now I've just Bald picked up fuck. since then. <laughs> <laughs> and last night the one that I was on and I couldn't remember what it was about. And I wonder if this could be done in two thousand 22, because it was probably done in like 2004, was Larry and Jeff and Susie and Cheryl get invited to a pool party. Oh, my God. <laughs> with one of his partners in the restaurant, as he would call him, you. <laughs> you. And they're all sitting there looking at the size of the penis on Hugh's, Hugh's son, who without question is underage. Oh, 100%. I, by the way, and I, and I remembered that part, but I had forgotten that Larry and Hugh are alone. And he goes, by the way. Quite a penis on your son. <laughs> oh my God, it's undefeated. The restaurant season is arguably the funniest season. I am you, so, I'm, that's what I'm realizing is yeah. I'm in the midst of it. I mean, holy The restaurant shit. season, because each season has an overarching theme. Right. And the restaurant one is so, cause the, all, the guy who they hire the bald chef because Larry likes him because he's bald. <laughs> and then he's wearing a toupee at the grocery store. And so Larry fires him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're right. When I hear that music, when I hear the the HBO hiss and then bum, 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 it just puts me in an it's incredible It's just on and it's, it's like it's rapid fire, so you don't need to watch the whole thing to get it. You no. can get it in five 15 minutes. 15 minutes, 10, 15 but minutes But it is it. on the, the whole thing with, hey, you, <laughs> hey, you, <laughs> quite a penis on your son, I noticed at the pool party. And he got and a maid fired, right? Because he wanted to use the inside bathroom. Yes. Sherry O'Terry. Oh, God. Yeah, that show is undefeated. Just outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. All right, there it is. QFTA sent yours in. Uh, no erotic stories this week, although we did have some that I just didn't get to. One was a price of a boob job. Oh, wow. And this guy says $15,000? Hold on. I got to go back to the QFTA file. Fifteen grand for new boobs. No, maybe that was uh, Hot Wife Autumn saying hers were fifteen grand. Did she say that? I thought it was 7500 but it could have been fifteen. She got one from See what the, I got. the board Ten of boobs. Ten listings to the TMA. What's that? The board of boobs guy was the one who got Oh, hers. that's right. Tim, listening to the TMA podcast now, last year I bought my wife, who loves the show, oh, God bless, a boob job. It cost over $12,000 to go from an A cup to a D cup. It has been the single best investment of my life. <laughs> good for him. Also, th- she thinks a good handle would be Iggy Sticky Icky. I wish I could listen live so I could use it on the text line. Uh, there you go. Nice. Twelve grand, A to a D. Wow. Yeah, that's a. That just, I, I just, I maybe I don't know how it works, but it just like the skin that is stretched, and then yeah. it's like the bolt on, like the girls I was with, like in the early two thousands when the technology, I guess, or mm-hmm. whatever, and, and it's like, yeah, I just like. I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like it, that. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's fine. It's enjoyable. Don't get me sure. wrong, but it's like Julia Ann. I don't know if you're familiar. Julia Ann could be your mother. She's got to be in her 50s, but she has the greatest breast implants. At this point, I don't know how it'd look. But, and I asked her about it drunk at like two in the morning one time at the Hustler Club. She's like, how the hell do you get, you know, and, but just like you're stretching so much 
so little skin if you're an A cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would think, but maybe I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't know. They, I'm sure but that this guy's happy with it. So for $12,000, they better figure out a way for it to yeah. work. But uh, I don't know. I've been with a girl with some nice natural sized, and I've been with girls who have small natural. Tell me what's going on. Tell me to what's me, going on. To me, I don't on. really care. Like, it's great, but like at the end of the day, big or small, it doesn't really kill it for me like if someone has it can make it better it sure can make it better it can make it better but it's you can make it better the difference is tell you something i want you to, i want you to listen because it's the most important thing i'm ever going to say my to headphones you. Up yeah. if you're lucky enough and with you being the most eligible bachelor in st right. louis lisa Ann says you have the joe burrow swag uh-huh. uh to engage with a zero or a two with like a 32d or 34d Forget about it. All right. That's all you need to know. It's now. like you're recommending <laughs> lamb to me. <laughs> lamb at Palmano's. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, the... you just sit there and you go, how did I get? It's like when I'm out on the golf course in Jupiter at like six o'clock by myself in February. Oh. And I, and it's perfect and there's not a soul around, maybe me and my son. And like purple and orange sky. And I go, I, yeah. All these Mountaintop. goofs I've dealt with in my career, <laughs> it was all worth it for this. 100%. And I'm telling you, same thing with the zero waste and the 32D. I go, how I shouldn't be here. That's right. what I think. Right. I'm like LeBron after 2016. We I don't know. Maybe he said that in 2012, 2013. Yeah, I just don't the know. Just a kid from Akron. We're not even supposed to be here. Uh-huh. That's how I feel. I'm like, at some point, somebody's gonna go, eh, this is too good for you. Let's <laughs> yeah. get let's get somebody in here who's worthy of it. Because all I'm gonna do is disappoint this thing. Right. All right, time to go. Uh, for Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors who make it possible. The great Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com, 314-889-0503. That's Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And Jamie Burkhard, Clayton Patterson, and Peter Munganest at Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. What a deal they have going on right now with Acuras. Now until January 3rd, you can get 0.99% financing for 36 months on an Acura. stlouisacura.com, altontoy.com, it's Mungan Ask. From the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I'm Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. This has been QFTA on the Tim McKernan Show.